You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. I'm saying a prayer, George. Prayer for the whole world. and welcome to a special edition of Pop Culture Fanatics. This is a new segment that we're introducing to you for the Godzilla fan in you. This is called Godzilla and Friends, a segment where me and, of course, my friends as well as two that join the podcast go ahead and rate all the Godzilla movies from the original all the way down to the King Kongs and the Gammas of the world. I'm your co-host, Val Cisco, and, of course, with me, as always, my right-hand man, Mr. Jacob. How you doing, sir? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Doing good. Are you excited for this, bro? Because I know you are knee-deep in Japanese culture right now. <laughs> Me, myself, I'm a Godzilla fan since I was about five years old, so I'm excited. But what are your thoughts? No, I'm, I'm really excited for this um, because, you know, when I jumped into the, I wouldn't even say the Godzilla bandwagon, but, you know, when I was first introduced to the Godzilla movies, um, it was like um, starting out of the 80s movies that had, you know, that were taking full swing. And this was like 10 years after their time, you know, so um i i i'm ready to take it from the very top and um explore what really made this such such a a global treasure so i'm i'm really psyched for this yep yep yep. we're gonna go from the good the bad the ugly and we're gonna have a lot of fun with it we're gonna try to make this a once a month activity where we just get together we have a few laughs we talk a little shit and we just explore the love and the phenomenon that is godzilla um before we get started into the movie, and we're going to start off with Godzilla, Gojira, 1954, um, what attracts you to Godzilla? I mean, you can tell a lot of people these days look at it as a cult phenomenon, like a cult favorite, but to you mm. yourself, what is the allure to this kaiju specific? Um, you know, honestly, this is something that I could, like you said, I'm, I'm knee deep in Japanese culture. Um, and this is something that I can that that I would only expect from, you know, Japanese creativity um, when you really think about it, because and it's not just because there's so much surrounding Godzilla, you know, even the different layers, the different um you know, the different storylines, the different arcs that eventually came with it. This is something that could have only come from, uh, you know, Japanese mind um, or the many minds. And, and that, I think that's what, what attracts me. So I guess it would partially make me a weeb, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I really hate to use that term, but I mean, if we're being realistic here, I guess that would make me a weeb. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's why, because... 
you know, when you when you look at a phenomenon such as, you know, Godzilla and, you know, other other uh, Japanese lore, there is a kind of partial cringe, partial like hysteria, you know, like very comical, but like very serious and dramatic. Like there's just something very different about what comes out from uh, Japanese media. And uh, Godzilla is like the prime perfect example. And I guess that's what allures me to it. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I love that answer right there. You know, there's so many different ways you can look at Godzilla and take something from him, it, however you want to call it these days as well, too. Especially if you want to dive into the 1998 American version. It's asexual. <laughs> um, Godzilla's non-binary when before that term was around. <laughs> He's been a leader of the LGBTQ nation for, <laughs> for centuries. <laughs> Um, me, myself, I mean, just from a, from a young lad in the Bronx, New York, I was always just into dinosaurs in general. Since I was like two years old, that was just my jam. And I think that's every little boy's jam. Once in a while, dinosaurs do come across them. They're like, ooh, cool, monsters, they'll eat you. That's rock and roll. Um, but I have this like fond memories of going to Blockbuster with my father. And, um, you know, I wasn't the type of kid that would want Nikes or like Jordans and stuff like that. You know, if so I got to see my dad every once in a while, which was far or few in between back then, you know, it wasn't that I wanted something materialistic. I just wanted to stay home and watch a movie with him. And he let me pick whatever I wanted. I remember the first thing I saw was this like giant freaking lizard fire breathing dragon type motherfucker that was fighting some other roach-like motherfucker. Like, the original Godzilla <laughs> wasn't my first movie. It definitely was, I think, Godzilla vs. Megalon, where he fights mm. a giant radioactive roach. And I was like, <laughs> I'm fucking down. Like, I am down for this. Like, I don't get anything that they're saying. I don't get the plots. I don't get... Let's not even talk about the plots in later movies. But I, I just want to see <laughs> Fighter A versus Fighter B. That was the first introduction right there. As my palate got a little bit more sophisticated when I got older, uh, with, the, with the flip side of the coin... I love just how unapologetic Japanese artists were in 1950. And, and going on from there as well, too, because if you look at this right here, and the theme is right there. Like, you're looking at 1954, we're not too far away from Hiroshima, and mm -hmm. this is basically the same, you know, theme. You know, they're mm -hmm. parallel to each other of just, like, the devastation of a nuclear attack hitting your city, your, your country, and the, the cry for help, yet help is not really being given to you. And I love the fact that at that time, in that era, Japan could be very self-referential uh, rather than America. America kind of just sweeps things all the, under the rug. They, mm -hmm. you know, they really weren't into the war movies in 1950. And, and, and that time going into the 60s, it was spy dramas and melodramatics. But it really wasn't like, hey, look at the gangsters with did. really high gangsters <laughs> with really high pants and fast talking. <laughs> you know, <what> I'm say. <laughs> <laughs> now I'll tell you, this is why I can't hang here, bro. <laughs> Cigars everywhere. <laughs> Champagne flowing everywhere. First class or no class, say. <laughs> Ham American Express. Um, I digress. <laughs> you know, but you didn't really get that from American television, but how, how Japan just was really unapologetic of what happened mm -hmm. and the mistakes that were made and what what came about radiation and nuclear holocaust basically and i just i was a fan of that i was a fan of all the other little tidbits 
coming from those movies, whether you look at Godzilla and the Smog Monster, where it's like an allegory for pollution, uh, Godzilla 1984, 85, however you want to call it. It's another way of looking at radioactivity coming back into the into the new age, into the technological age. I love that side-by-side content. It just it, it, it gets me going to see that and how unapologetic, unapologetic they are. You couldn't have said that more, more, more better. And, and, and honestly, it's, it's, uh, and I think, and I think, um, to be honest, I don't really think that a lot of people see that only because they would choose not to, um, maybe just because it, it's really hard to, um, it, it's really hard to explain, you know, something like this from an American point of view, unless, you know, we can get as far as, you know, just as this moment where we can see it, you know what I mean? And even getting to that point is, is, is something that you don't see often and wouldn't really expect, you know? Um, so, and, and I think, I think that's, that's another reason why I've, you know, been knee deep with Japanese coaches. It's cause like, there's so much that I want to understand cause I've only seen, you know, always been on the outside looking in, you know, what can I learn from, 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 from them directly? Uh-huh. No, definitely, definitely. I think that's because of the fact that from an American point of view, if you look at, you know, the 1940s and World War II, as much as, like, um, how little we were in that war, like, we were, America just got into the war by the end. They the were the Mexicans end. showing up late to the party. Straight up. That's <laughs> exactly what it was. You're like, not my problem, not my baby, I don't want it. And once we got there, if you look at any slice of American pie right now, it's World War II movies. It's like we were the heroes. We were the band of brothers. We were the band of mis- misfits. Save you, Private Ryan. Straight up. Forrest Gump. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, can we talk about the god-awful, um, uh, was it mid- uh, Midway that we yeah, saw in theater, Midway, which was just a nationalistic, um, just forced patriotic uh, propaganda movie, just like America, uh, American patriotism at its finest. Like seriously, anybody's offended by that? That's no, your problem. It is because I will take Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett <laughs> in Pearl Harbor because at least it's a fucking entertaining movie. It's historically inaccurate. Okay. <laughs> Alec Baldwin, Cuba Gooding Jr. I will take that bullshit movie over Midway any day. <laughs> God, but yes, looking at that, trying to get back on track here. Um, that is American culture when you look at World War II. But it's not until maybe the late '80s, going into the '90s, and now where you see, yes. America defended itself from the Pearl Harbor attacks, but here's the repercussions of that. Like, yes, we dropped bombs, literally, on another country, but yet there's, there's an after effect with that. There's literally death, misery, radiation, just a whole landscape of the world changed because mm-hmm. of us. And we're taking, we're acknowledging that now. We're taking blame for that overuse of power there. And I like seeing that now, but America was not going to touch that in 1950 whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So then we get into Gojira. Mm-hmm. So this film, 1954, um, brilliant, brilliant movie. When we first get into this movie, like, how did you like the whole black and white aesthetic? How did you like um, just the 
the cinematography of the movie. Everything's very bleak and dark, but mm-hmm. as the movie itself, I think the black and white just this wouldn't work in color whatsoever. Like even if you try to put some color into it today and give like a reimagining or just a remastered version, color would not work. The black and white aesthetic just works so well in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without without jumping too far into the game either. I mean, uh, uh, this movie had so much perfection in every way for a movie that was filmed, produced, and directed in nineteen fifty. You know, in the nineteen fifties. Um, I mean, I, I, as I was watching this, I was like, "Bro, for a nineteen fifties movie, this movie has amazing effects. Like, there's a lot of heart put into this damn movie, and you can tell." And and you know everything worked in sync and going you know starting with the beginning you, you cannot have the black and white work if it not were for the accompanying music i think the accompanying music and 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 even you know the roars that you get at the beginning from from Godzilla like it just set you up for like holy shit we're on a ride now like what are we entering um so that very beginning has possibly got to be one of the best openings for a film because it's just making you feel uneasy but um suspense you know you're you're in this uh state of suspense and wonder because you're like you know, I have to see this now. You know, I have to know what's going on. And it's because of that black and white feature. It's because of the uh, music. And it's because of, you know, the sound effects of, of Godzilla um, that just set up, the, set up the stage and you're, and you're just ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we're ready to go right here. Godzilla or Gojira, as it's called in Japan, is a 1954 Japanese kaiju film directed by Ishiro Honda with special effects by Eiji Tusuraiba. Uh, produced and distributed by Toho Studios. Do not fuck with me right now. Yes, yes. Okay, Subaraya, Subaraya, Eiji Subaraya. Did I say it correctly this time? <laughs> it, <clears throat> directed by Ishiro Honda, okay. um, with special effects by Eiji Subaraya. Subaraya. Uh-huh. Okay, Su- I had good the, the second Subut- time I got it. <laughs> Subaraya. Subaraya. Okay. <laughs> distributed by Toho Studios. Toho. It's a- <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just it's it's the learning in me. The God, this is the first film in the Godzilla fr- franchise, of course. Um, fun fact about this movie, man. This uh, movie holds the Guinness World Record. Uh, well, this franchise holds the Guinness World Record of being the longest running film franchise in history and it all starts with this movie right here um knowing that this is a huge monster movie off the back as well too mm-hmm. in 1954 where franchises were far few between i think the first franchise you really had there was probably universal studio monsters other than that maybe james bond going into the 60s like pitch put yourself in 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 uh, Honda's um, mind mindset right now, do you see this more as like a political, like stamp right there? Like, hey, I need to get this film out so that the world can see it. Or in your head too, is this like I can make so much money with a monster movie that can continue on and on and on and on? Based on just this movie alone, um, I want to say it is a political statement. Um, you know, uh, uh, curtained by the 
by just like the you know the 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 animatronics you know everything you know it's it's a political statement guised by you know this unrealistic situation and i i don't i don't i honestly um don't see this as something that was intended to be long running um to be honest no same here. I think this was supposed to be a standalone film. The mm-hmm. fact that this immediately got a sequel, I think, is because of fan requests of, of Design of the Monster itself, Design of Godzilla itself. Um, um, basically, the synopsis is just Japan's authorities deal with a sudden appearance of a giant monster whose attacks trigger fear of nuclear holocaust during the post-war Japan. Right there, that does not sell you. If you're, number one, let, let's just, uh, before, I know I'm like sidetracking a lot, but you just gotta put yourself in Japan at that time. Like, Literally, you're not even a decade. Um, you're not even separated from a decade of of the Hiroshima attacks. Mm. So you see a film like this that's so close. You get a the, uh, a little biography, but not biography, a little synopsis right there. The film itself. Are you kind of like reluctant on watching this movie? Like, is this like? I, the only way I could describe this is like maybe watching maybe Passion of the Christ when it came out, I believe, what, 2004? Mm-hmm. And like people are like, <clears throat> do I really want to watch Jesus get whipped for about two hours? <laughs> like, from a Christian point of view, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> I almost said something analogy? and I'm not going to do it. I almost said something, I'm not going to do it. You should do it. <laughs> do I jizz? Do I cry? What do I do? <laughs> <clears throat> but for real, like as far as from a from a Japanese standpoint, like like it's, put yourself in their shoes. Like how hard could it be to look at a film with these kind of themes right now? Mm-hmm. Like is this like maybe escapism to you as an audience, or mm-hmm. or are you curious at all because it's a monster movie? Like. What? How would you feel like putting yourself in that in your shoes at that time? You know, but that, and that's a really good topic. It's something really good to um, bring up because, again, it's you know you're asking an American from American's point of view. You know, like, uh, do can we really fathom what these people experience? Like, can you truly like grasp? what these people were feeling. And then, you know, like you said, not even 10 years later, you're making them, not making them, but, you know, you're showing them a very, very, very uh, sensitive topic, you know? Um, So this was big for the director alone because, you know, it's like he had to be thinking, you know, what are are my people going to be feeling about this? You know, how are they going to take a topic such as this because you know um that they're, they're not going to be stupid and they're going to basically see um between the lines and and see what what the you know overall message is so like this was this was a very risque movie yeah very much so like um mm. the only thing i could compare right now like specifically like a better analogy in my head now is uh, after 9-11 um, maybe five to six years later, you get all these 9-11-esque movies. I remember well, Nicolas Cage, uh, the one with the dude from Twilight, where the end of the movie is, he's actually into Twin Towers and the shit gets blown up. Um, like, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot. As a person who was actually in New York at that time, mm-hmm. um, dealing with that situation back in 2001, I already knew, like, a month later, I was like, yep, 
9-11 movement coming through. Like, we got, uh, what was that plane movie, Flight 83? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of these, like, post-9-11 started coming out within, like, four to five years. And I gotta admit, I felt uncomfortable. I didn't even watch those movies until, like, maybe 10, 15 years later. Like, because it, I don't know if it bothered me, but I felt like it just, it was, it was too soon for me. So mm-hmm. I can imagine right there as a, as, as as someone who lives in Japan, whose whose family probably dealt with that, or even hear the horror stories of what happened, like, do I really want to revisit these feelings again? Yeah, so <laughs> definitely um, someone who was ahead of their time and and was really putting himself out there. <laughs> you know, because yep. if it's one thing that the Japanese really do take to heart, and that's respect. Mm-hmm. 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 Very much so. Very much so. Like I said, they're unapologetic and you put everything on the line right in front of your face right there. Yep. Like I said, this movie made about $183 million in a theatrical debut. Um, uh, immediately, you know, it was uh, some of the rights were bought by America, United States, and uh, a heavily edited version of this movie happened. So like I said, of course. this movie was much, was edited with American actors. And the world can't Arnold. have anything because America no. has to have it too. <laughs> Literally, and of course, America looked at this as we're not looking at this as a political statement. We're looking at this as the next King Kong. It, basically, like, that's right. what I was just thinking. I was like, "Hold up," <laughs> which is hilarious too, because not even a couple of years later, not even ten years later, we get King Kong versus Godzilla from Japan. So, you know, Japan kind of turns its back on the statement itself and says, "Well, you know what? Maybe America had it right. Maybe all we need to do is just stop on shit and make everybody happy." <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta make money somehow, right? <laughs> but let's get into this masterpiece, Gojira, right here. You know, the movie starts off very ominous as well, too. We get the whole mystery angle of ships being terrorized and, mm-hmm. and sailors talking about, you know, this beast or something or a storm is just wiping ships out or fleets out. And then we get a very brief glimpse of Godzilla just terrorizing this, uh, the village itself. How did you feel about that? that first like maybe 10 minutes of the movie of just very bleak eerie and mystery revolving the monster and what was happening um <laughs> i'm gonna be honest i thought it was funny <laughs> because it's like <laughs> because like okay like it, it was it was um <clears throat> i don't I, I don't i don't really know how else to explain this but it was like uh I don't rip and know exactly where like the, the ten minutes cut off, but it was like, oh, something's happening. Let's send a ship. Yeah, so that ship's gone too. Let's go ahead and send another ship. <laughs> that's, that's why I was like, oh, like how many times do we have to realize like something's going on before we stop sending ships? <laughs> um, but you know, again, it, I love how they set it up because you know it leaves you in mystery, and you know, you also have to put yourself you know, in that mindset back at that time, you know, um, it's going to look cheesy now. And of course, that's why I'm able to laugh about it now. But putting yourself there, it's like, okay, you know, you're obviously seeing something's hurting these people, but what is it? So, you know, um, I, I think that they, I think they did the right setup with um, creating that mystery. I think, I think it was done very well. <clears throat> you know, you get that, uh, that little village of Oho, I believe, uh, Odo, Odo, excuse me. And maybe you can pronounce it better than me. Is it Odo or Odo? Uh, Odo Island. Odo Island. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get like, which I feel like this movie has its cake and eat it as well too, because 
Godzilla essentially is is radioactive, a radioactive sea monster. They say it in the movie, but in this part right here, one of the elders does refer to Godzilla as the sea monster. So he kind of establishes that this this old man already knew about this monster for generations and generations. Now, um, that's where I got confused. That... <laughs> exactly right. So do you take this as like maybe like? how the Greeks saw the Kraken or, mm. or, or how, you know, Nessie and Loch Ness and whatnot, like, you know, established character or, or uh, a crypto that's around that people know, a legend, urban legend that's around that finally actually comes true. <laughs> that, 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 that's honestly all that I took. That's all that I saw that as like, there's always, and he's always got to be like damn near a hundred years old or something, you know, just like the old, I'm surprised he didn't have, you know, like the, you know, the, the, the super like just decked out, like, um, wise man look um, but that's all that I took that as it's like oh yeah it's gotta be the old dude who's like had, probably had his father tell him the story and his father's father you know mm-hmm. um, there's, there's always that one person and I think that because it's Godzilla it had to have that person it had to have that you know already established lore and I'm pretty sure some other like Japanese people were probably looking at each other like did you know this I, what was that <laughs> This isn't what I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I don't know if there really was ever a Gojira story, um, but (laughs) that's the way I saw it. That's the way I saw it as well, too. I mean, in the second movie, they kind of like oh, the the actual second movie where you fight Godzilla raised again. They talk about Godzilla species because it's obviously a second Godzilla. We'll talk about that later as well, too. But in this movie itself, I could definitely see like. That, that old man syndrome, like, oh, my daddy told me this, my, my, my grandpappy told me that, my grand-grandpappy told me this, don't go in the water, Kraken's gonna get you. Fun fact about Godzilla Gojira as well, too, in this movie, it was actually supposed to be a mutated octopus, and oh. they changed it because of the fact that um, it was tested well that a dinosaur-like creature would have been better for TV, or at least for effects. Yeah, you know, um, I could I could see that, and you know, um, at that time it probably would have been a lot more expensive to just like keep it in the water, keep it on the water, um, right? And you know, um, you can't have the fun scenes on on land; you just can't. Um, and honestly, though, having kept it in the water. I, I, I think it would have been more of a chase because you can hide underwater, which is, you know, eventually what happens, too. Um, and it doesn't make as fun, you know, like you had to have you had to have it on land. Um, there's not a lot of things. And, and really think about every movie now. There's not a lot of things in water that works. Not even fucking Poseidon. Not even a giant wave. <laughs> oh, well, I will say there's some things that work in water. Pacific Rim was. Was like there were knee, at least knee deep in water. No. Oh, stop it! Pacific I know. Rim is fantastic. I know. I hated Pacific Rim. We're gonna rewatch that when we get later into no, this podcast. I don't even like Mecca, but like I hated Pacific. It was just <laughs> another. But yeah, th- no, I'm sticking with my guns here. And a lot of things based completely in water do not work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll come back to that later on. Mm. By the <laughs> way, I'm not showering, guys. That's the rain. Like you can, if you can hear the rain, like that's the rain. And now it sounds like my shower, but it's not. No, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. So uh, by this point, you know, 17 homes, uh, nine people killed, um, livestock already destroyed and burned. Um, the Odo residents actually traveled to Tokyo and demand disaster relief. So that right there, that doesn't scream like you know Hiroshima. 
going back to, you know, Tokyo and just saying, hey, we need help. We need relief. And just like Tokyo, like, well, we'll see what we can do. Let's see if we can, like, figure out what the hell is happening. Let's the send the one guy. guy. Let's send our one paleontologist because <laughs> we think we think it's a fucking dinosaur that came. But, you know, <laughs> this shit happens all the time. Like, <laughs> and not a, not just a slew of fucking scientists. Bro. Not a slew. Not like a fucking Navy boat of scientists. Like one fucking guy. Did you know? Maybe he has a PhD, PhD. I wonder, I wonder if this was the um, inspiration for Jurassic Park and like reaching out to um, Alan. <laughs> No, definitely. Don't even say it. Like he, he, Spielberg rips off a lot of from this movie, from King Kong and this movie. He rips a lot from it, and it's the poking fun, poking the bear. Like it's it's there. Um, but but you know what though? Like those were also some of my favorite scenes. Uh, the scenes uh, uh, with with like all the townspeople and and you know basically the politics. I mm. love that integrated into movies because. Uh, you know, sometimes it may seem like it's over dramatic, but a lot of times it's really not. Like it's it's it, it, the acting was done very well here, where like people are concerned, people are angry, and then you have you know the politicians themselves that are just like scratching their head, just trying to you know pull something out of their ass just to you know appease the people, which is what they did. <laughs> Paleontologist, there you go. <laughs> well, this, this paleontologist has his work cut out for him because he travels to the village. And then supposedly this guy, um, I'm going to butcher his name right here, uh, Kayohe Yamani. Yamani? No, go ahead, Jake, take it. Um, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Oh, Kyo, Kyohei Yamane. Yamane. Kyohei well, this Yamane. fucker right here, I'm going to call him KY. KY over here, he leads the investigation um, going to uh, Odo Island, and he definitely sees this giant radioactive footprint. All of, all of a sudden, he's even more of a fucking expert. He's a radio a radiologist now. <laughs> I said okay, the same also... thing. I was like, "Holy shit! When did these um radioactive <laughs> how how are they suddenly skilled with reading um fucking um ra- radiation yeah. levels?" He knows the exact radiation level of the fucking footprint, the size, the circumference of the fucking footprint, and then he measures. He takes a fucking a uh, full on not a rough estimate, a full on fucking. Um, fact that Godzilla is measuring fucking 50 meters. Now, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I wanted to be a paleontologist when I was younger, but I knew that in order for me to fucking get to know what the fucking dinosaur would look like, I would have to connect the bones and fucking see exactly how tall or how high it could be. I could maybe give you a rough estimation that wow, this fucking giant footprint is a fucking giant monster for 50 meters. We're going to go with that, fucker. We're going to tell you guys. Well, obviously, he was the right man for the job, Frank. <laughs> the only man. The only. <laughs> the only <laughs> if it was me, though, like, I would have just kind of looked at the footprint, looked at everybody, looked up, and was like, yeah, this was a huge bitch. Yeah. Like, so, like I said, KY presents all these findings to Tokyo, to the Tokyo government, estimating that Godzilla is about 50 meters tall, um, and has evolved from an ancient sea creature and becoming 
uh, uh, um, territorial of, of Japan itself or Tokyo or the surroundings of Tokyo. So this guy knows everything. Now he's a no, but did, like, did it, didn't he figure a lot of that out just by looking at that one like creature that was supposed to have been extinct for like years, like yes. millions of years he picked it up. He was like, huh, this is definitely a giant dinosaur. Yeah. The, the, the turtle bite. There you go. Like he was just over there. Like because of this specimen right here, <laughs> I'm going to make a huge fucking assumption, and I'm going to make this fact right now. That's like saying I found a fucking daisy on the floor, and it was crushed. And I'm like, a size 16 fucking boot crushed this, and his name was Harry, and he works as a coal miner. How I know? Ah, ah, ah. What's this? Takes a bite out of the tri- tri- trilobite. <laughs> He also concludes that Godzilla uh, basically is a is an amalgamation of a sea creature mixed with the effects of a hydro bomb testing as well too, which explains the radiation. Because why not? There at, there can't be any other fucking reason besides well we were bombing in the water. Something must have got caught. This is that something right there. I mean, <laughs> give him kudos because you know why? He's the only fucker doing the job. Okay, if I was the only fucker doing the job too. I would be making shit up my ass all day. Yes. <laughs> now pay me one million yen. <laughs> so this is the best part. After yes. the government gets all this yes. information. The bell. All... <laughs> but even before the bell, they debate. They debate to see if they want to notify the fucking public if there's danger. <laughs> That's right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that's when that bitch. Oh, excuse me. That's when that chick got like real crazy. She was like, like that. If if you want like some of the best Japanese anger, like I don't know what it is, but like Japanese, Japanese parents. Yes, their their anger and like <laughs> the change of their voice when they're angry and they're because Japanese is is a language of consonant vowels. Consonant vowels. When they're angry, you can hear the, the like every consonant. <laughs> you can hear the cuh sounds. You can hear the tsut. Like it's wild, and they're just like going back and forth. It literally at that point became men against women. If you really pay attention to that scene too, which goes to show you a lot of things too. Very much so. Yes, yes, yes. Very much so. Which also brings me to this. Seeing what I saw now with with a lens, and just the debates happening, if we should warn the public or if we should just let things simmer down so we figure out more information. You shoot back to 2018 with Shin Godzilla. And Shin Godzilla, that's a bit of spoiler for a later movie that we'll do later on the line, but we get the same fucking shit. Like, oh, there's a giant tail in the water. We don't know what's connected to. Should we alert anybody? <laughs> nah, we should go send a fucking boat and have a meeting about it. <laughs> oh, he comes on land. Nah, he can't support his body. He's going to dry up like a prune, like he's a sea creature. He gets legs and arms. Uh, yeah, but he can't support himself. <laughs> like, if there's one thing I'm seeing about Japanese politics, it's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing how they're surviving. No, seriously, seriously. I even like I'm talking to a friend right now, and like he just laid out on on uh, Sh- Sh- Shinzo Abe. 
Like, yeah. really just laid it out, just like how bad it is. And I'm like, bro. Uh, so, again, when you get to these political seeds and these seeds with like political meetings and shit, sometimes it's not always, uh, you know, overly dramatic. <laughs> sometimes they are true to its nature. <laughs> Very much so. But walk me through the next part right here the bell. <laughs> oh, my God. The village alarm bell goes. <laughs> literally the greatest thing and like knowing the time period i was like bro that's gotta be their alarm bell like i, I know it's not time for dinner like that's like a fucking... triangle <laughs> Kids, i refuse dinner. to think that bro <laughs> I, it, 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 bro in feudal japan they had fucking horns up the ass okay <laughs> when the mongols came to fuck shit up like, they knew how to fucking get people, like, to go. They weren't going ping. <laughs> like, the Horn of Gondor should have been around. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so the bell's going off. <clears throat> and then Yamane and the villagers rush to see the monster. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part of the movie to me. This right here. So <laughs> Let me, can I describe what it looked like to me? You know when, you know when you, when you're like young and bored and like you have like a sock puppet and you like put, (laughs) put it on your hand and it just looks like it's got like a massive overbite. Like, (laughs) you see, you just see the head. That's all you see is just the head. And rickety, all rickety, <laughs> bro. <laughs> the like, teeth, like convulsing, like on shit. The teeth were not like in sync. <laughs> it looked like if it talked, it would have had the biggest lisp. Like, <laughs> oh, but, but wait, wait. We get that first. He doesn't even do anything. No. And then, like, we get when he when you shoot to the crowd, you're all like stunned, right? But then when you shoot back to Godzilla. He's like all stretching his mouth. Like, ah! yes! <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. What blows me away is like <laughs> the whole time the villagers are running up, see it, run back, run up again. <laughs> they take like they take like. 10 steps forward and then five steps back and then another 10 steps. Like, <laughs> it was Listen. this part though, like, I will say this is probably one of the worst choreographed parts in this entire movie. I'm gonna call bullshit on that, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you why. As a young lad, I think I was like about seven, right? And it was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And you gotta understand, I'm seven years old and I'm stupid as fuck. <laughs> so I'm outside, and I noticed like, this glowing thing outside, and it was glowing, moving around, like in the sky. And I've seen enough fucking in the past where I'm all fucked up with that shit already. And I'm like, oh shit, it's an alien, it's an alien ship. And like I'm looking at my friends, and they're like, oh shit, that looks like an alien ship as well too. And we're kind of like, ooh, that's kind of scary. But we're going forward to it. Like, let's get a better look at this shit. And I'm like, ah, we should go back. I'm like, ah, but, you know, it's aliens and shit. (laughs) So 
Well, I understand these people. Like, if this is the first time I saw like a giant head going, nah, I'm going back down like peekaboo. Like, I don't want to go and see it again. Like, uh, how, all right. How long is it before we see the actual full body Frank? Like, how long is it? <laughs> It, it takes a minute, but like this was enough though. Like just the face, the face, the neck alone was like, yeah, I understand. Like, all right. I, I, I almost forgot where the eyes were because I was like, because it was so contorted, like it was so bad. Like, but but it it, it, it had to be the perfect uh, <laughs> side frame of, of of Godzilla. It was like at some of his finest work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see um uh what is it um ten um. Um, the ships were dispatched as well too to kill the monster. Um, what else happens at this part right here? He he starts invading, right? He starts coming coming out. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, he he makes his way to to, to and just starts wreaking havoc. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Wait, did we skip the part two where like <laughs> it was probably one of my favorites? It was right after they saw him and he like ran right back into the water and you just see like his his yeah, chicken footprints. <laughs> That's what it is. Sorry, that's my fault. I went ahead right there. So at this part, when he plays peekaboo, he goes back into the water and is like, nah, I'm not doing this today. Nah. Nah. <laughs> just the footprints, though. Like, the footprints were like... <laughs> I, I just couldn't because I was like, man, like... It... <laughs> so... Um, this is um, after that we um, we see that my man K Y gets a colleague, right? We get we get introduced to Doctor Sarozawa. Can, can we just talk about him? Like, <laughs> um, <clears throat> hold on, kooky as fuck. That's what I'm gonna say. Yes, wait, wait, wait. I just I just saw his name. I just saw his whole whole name. Um, but go on while I'm looking for that. I I, I can try it right here. Uh, Desuki Sarozawa. Oh, Daisuke Daisuke Sarozawa. Daisuke. Daisuke Serizawa. Um, yes, Daisuke. So, if any of you have not seen this movie, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you haven't, because I had it until just, um, you know, just, oh, it was a week. My bad, Frank. <laughs> um, just until this last past weekend. Um, I, I, I cannot say it without, like, wanting to yell. And you know what I mean, Frank. Serizawa! <laughs> but Serizawa is like the prime like mad scientist looking dude like he's got the fucking resting bitch face he's got the <laughs> eye patch the eye patch and did they ever mention about the eye, eye patch did I miss that or was it just like that's what it is I think that's what it is unless it's lost in translation but probably just you, you just know it's like okay you know um, I'm pretty sure there's a story there, but we're not going to get it. He's got the slick back hair. Um, <laughs> he's just, like, but mysterious. He's also the ultimate creep, because not only that, we also get introduced to Emiko as well, mm-hmm. too, which is my man KY's daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's another kooky one herself, she really because is. she's another one that's like, you know, I will she, won't she. She's, like, literally in this movie to be like, Serozano is like, like love interest, but like I don't want to get to you because you're so dangerous because you're a fucking mad scientist. That was her brother, bro. No, wait, hold on. Yes, Emiko. Yes, Emiko and Serizawa are brothers. I mean, uh, siblings. Let's see here. Just want to make sure if I if I remember this correctly. I could swore that they're both together. No, the other dude. She's with the other dude. Ky. 
No, no, no. KY is 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 the father, it's and then there's the other guy. Serizawa is uh, um, Serizawa is the mad scientist. It's like, like they're no, they're not together. I swear they're 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 um, either because she at one point she had said father, and I don't know if she was just saying that like in the in that third person or kind of thing or you know. <laughs> Like mother, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, if she was referring to just her father, but she had said it when they were having a conversation, so that's when I thought, like, oh, you know, like they might be um siblings or something, but no, like the love interest, um, I gotta find is uh Shinagawa. Uh, no, 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 no hold on, no, no, Sirozawa, yeah, I'm right, yes, yes. Emiko uh decides to break off her arranged engagement with uh, my man KY's colleague. Oh shit, man! I missed all that because <laughs> because yes, I knew it because of her love for my other dude. Uh, I'm gonna botch his name, Hidekio Ogata, uh, the ship captain, <clears throat> the ship motherfucking. Captain. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, that fucker, <laughs> Hideto uh, Ogata. Ogata. There you go, Ogata. <laughs> so she she definitely is in this movie right. just to be like that. Will, Literally. Will they, you, you, you scared the shit out of me. Yeah, I was like, I've been wrong with all these. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> it was... Like, I've been promoting incest separately. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're not experts on this podcast. We're just having a good time. <laughs> no. <laughs> not at all. Someone's screaming right like, no, no. Seriously. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Good catch, so, yeah, Frank. We'll get back to mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll, we'll get back to the story right here. So, uh, my man KY is stressing so much after the destruction he saw with Godzilla and the, the face. And, you know, right here, just by the fucking face and the yell and him retracting back into the water. And that we should kill Godzilla, number one, but two, he's unfucking killable. How are you making these fucking observations? <laughs> I mean, like, what are you testing? <laughs> you know, think about it, though, Frank. Think about it. I mean, <clears throat> I guess, I, I guess, if if you had seen a creature like that, and you know, you know how, like, <laughs> you know how you can just tell by looking at something, like, oh, yeah, that must be pretty rough. For I, I don't know, I'm just pulling shit out my ass here at this point, but like, I'm pretty sure after observing this thing's skin, like. You know, he looks like he he needed some um, um, Vaseline uh, for some years now. But I'm pretty sure they saw that was like, yeah, man, that looks like some like some heavy duty jerky, bro. Like, I don't think this thing can be killed. Um, And and honestly, just the observation that there's this gigantic ass dinosaur monster alive. Like if he's obviously been around for this long, even despite, you know, um, being essentially bombed or radiation you know he's 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 not dead yet <laughs> what makes you think that he can be killed you know so it's a pretty pretty realistic observation let's just try to shoot it first okay let's like get like a, a plane to go pew pew and like the fucking like bullets fall off i'm like yeah you're right he's gonna kill him. <laughs> i would have took that i would have took that <laughs> you, you know what bring, bring that up i just realized like half those damn villagers had fucking weapons and not one of them shot huh i'm just, just saying like 10 years after hiroshima you know they don't want to deal with shit right now okay <laughs> They just run. It's Godzilla. Like it's a meme everywhere. It's like 
the of the fifties. And yes, I understand. But um, oh. yeah, so, so yes, he comes with the observation. So he, yeah, he gets the observation basically that he's unkillable and must be studied. My man Sirozawa, he's you know the mad scientist, and he really takes the helm. Like you know what, nothing's unkillable, and I'm gonna find a way to help you with this and try to destroy this monster right here. So I like Sirozawa's attempt to be like proactive with this shit. He's like, you know what? No, fucker. Like, you can't tell me nothing can die. I'll determine that shit, okay? I am God. <laughs> I am God. This, this chick is leaving me for some fucking captain right here. Fuck you. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna... My destiny is this beast, which literally it was by the end of this movie. <laughs> uh, um, so, you like the, the presentation of Hirozawa. Um, How do you feel about Emiko? Like, and Emiko's love interest with the will she won't she with um, the captain and and uh, Sirizawa. I didn't care for her at all. Like, I, I I'm I'm sorry, but uh, she was just somebody that had like absolutely like. <sighs> Like, if you're not going to help, like, get the fuck out of the way. Like, that's the way I saw Emiko throughout this whole thing. But, you know, um, <clears throat> her role, though, like, as compared to, uh, especially when you look at uh, other female um, actresses back in its time um, with America cinema, like, hers hers could be easily just kind of, like, they it, like, the camera followed her around, but... She, she she wasn't made to be the star of this. You know what I mean? She wasn't, but she does at least move the story a little bit, especially with... She um, moves the story, Kawa. but she she doesn't put herself front and center like a lot of the, you know... Like, a lot of the female actresses were put in, um, you know, movies at that time for, for, like, one specific reason. I mean, yes, in here, you know, there was a love interest, but, you know, even some of us were not able to... Find- Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world of quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast, too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh... Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. Fucking see that, obviously. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> um, but oh, all right, with, with the part where Hirozawa actually shows like the pre Octon Destroyer, the experiment mm. where he like he does it to the fish and the fish start dying, mm. uh, it, it freaks her out. Yeah, I think that right there moves the story along a little bit because she sees the horror like. 
fuck, guy. Like, you're just doing shit to do shit now. You, you know, and you know what I really liked about this scene? Because uh, I even had to rewind this because I was like, what the, did I miss something? Because, it, like, oh, and let's talk about Emiko's screams, though. Like, <laughs> that was pure <laughs> 50s cinema. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like obnoxiously loud, you know. <laughs> um, but no one screamed at Godzilla like that. Fuck no. the fish. Like, the fish is going to scare the shit out of me. Like, you, you dissolving matter is going to scare the shit out of me. That but is this true. gigantic fucker with, like, teeth gnarling is like, ah. Like, no. <laughs> okay. Can, can you understand why I just did not pay attention to her throughout this movie? Because, <laughs> But anyway, going back to, to what I was saying is that after her yell... It just jumped to the next scene, and like I was, yeah. and I was like, "What the fuck? Like, what what happened?" Because you didn't see the fish dissolve. You really didn't. You just see him do something, and then you see her expression. What I like was a, a technique that was, I want to say, ahead of its time because it did that flashback later on, going back to the scene, um, and yeah. that's not something that I would have expected. And I don't think I really saw a lot it, with films um, back at this time. There, there was really not like, you know, oh, here's a past scene. And, you know, I don't want to call people stupid back at, t- at that time, but I don't really think that the audience would have taken to it. You know what I mean? Um, so using this kind of technique to do that flashback later on and in even just like cutting off what happened, because I'm pretty sure like, you know, people in that theater were like, well, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? <laughs> so that was a very, very ahead of its time uh, technique to use it film back in that time. What happened was he wasn't wearing any pants under that last <laughs> open. He was just like, ah, he just he pulled the gremlin. He just, ah. opened. <laughs> he just opened. <laughs> it's just like, no. <laughs> this is why she runs to the captain. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> um, so immediately, at, immediately after this, we get to see Godzilla reemerge again. Mm-hmm. And this is where you actually get a great look at the monster. So right here. Right now, I wasn't going to go by the face and the puppeteering right there of how your reaction was, because that was a little more comical. Even for right now, looking at it right now, it's a little more comical. But seeing the full-fledged monster attack the train station, how did you feel, like, uh, as being like a monster, seeing monster movies, and knowing the evolution of where they came from, was this pretty practical for you? Did you like it? Did it not work for you? You No, again, like, you know, like I spoke earlier to, to to be honest i mean you know we're gonna we're, we're gonna find its faults here you know because of the time that we're in but watching it i appreciated it i really did because i thought that that you know because that was this, that, uh, besides like i think this is the first time we actually see him destroying yeah. something whereas it was implied prior so seeing the um destruction on its own with the Im- w- w- implying that oh this is being done by uh godzilla like it's like oh, okay you know but this is our first time seeing him in true destruction so um i appreciated it like i said i'm watching it i'm like you know like this is actually really good for something in its time i really thought so <clears throat> I love the the train scene of him just like trying to gobble it all together. <laughs> yes. Part. Oh, mm-hmm. um, I like the design. The design to me screams like something was burned. 
Like mm. something was burned and it's been living for a while and it's pissed off. And maybe the eyes are just a little googly for my taste at that time. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, like the whole design, yes, I love the dinosaur feature and all, but it's just a weird amalgamation of different things. Like you have like even the ears. The ears are very like I don't know how to describe the ears, bro. They're they're very much like almost like like ape ears or like I can't, yeah, I can't no, they're they're it. like they're like bulges out of his head. Yeah, almost, <clears throat> almost. Yeah, they're, like they're like bulges out of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, go on. What were you gonna say? No, just like the design itself. I love I love how the skin, even if it's a black and white film, mm-hmm. it does look like it's like scarred, mm-hmm. not deteriorating, not like a radioactive Chernobyl experiment, mm-hmm. but more like it was already someone attempted to blow this shit up and it didn't work. (laughs) No, literally. (laughs) Like, okay. uh, Another great way to describe it is kind of like, you know how fucked up Glenn's head was by the end of uh, Negan beating the shit out of it. That's almost kind of (laughs) like what um, Godzilla's Godzilla's head looked like. It was just, just very bulbous. And, you know, kind of points out here and there. So, like, you know, to be honest, like, I'm pretty sure it was hard to create something outside of the drawing that he wanted to do. And, 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 and maybe like, like, I think, I think that's all that it was, Um, you know, because when you see the drawing, and I'm pretty sure like the drawings was like, um, pretty much spot on like what we would see, you know, from Godzilla on the original poster, if the if it was on a poster um yeah. and you know uh maybe somewhere we can find some original drawings of godzilla the puppet but I, <laughs> maybe they ran out of time and funding and then that's what they got and he just said fuck it <laughs> they'll get the I idea mean, i mean oh maggie i love you <laughs> <laughs> i love that part fuck glenn i'm sorry oh <laughs> Ooh. um I gotta say, yes, it looks a little distorted, but at the end of the day, I like this version so much that I prefer this version over the next, like, four or five movies of Godzilla films. Like, this right here looks so unique mm-hmm. compared to the other Godzilla movies, which are a little more campy and more for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only... The, when I finally got... out rid of this like got over this suit right here mm. it was when they did godzilla versus mechagodzilla because he looks a little more angrier at that time but this right here this is just this is weird it's it's kooky but it fits this movie specifically because even in the next movie it does not look this great like it, it looks weirder it looks like like they drowned that suit up and they hung it up to dry outside <laughs> and now it's like all wrinkly and hard and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, let's even like talk, uh, talk about, um, some, you know, one of his most iconic features, which is, um, his, his, uh, uh, his things on the back. Uh, yeah, dorsal fins. Yeah, his dorsal fins on the back. You know, like, like, what are your thoughts of, of that? Because, uh, there's like, what, just three, like, giant ones, and they each have like their own little pokies in the back, you know, on them mm-hmm. as well. So, like, um, how, how do you feel about seeing the original um, dorsal fins and, and how it evolved? Because, um, you know, again, that's that's one of his main special features, especially when he's about to attack. You know, it's weird because dorsal fins really don't serve any kind of purpose besides cooling and, and heating an animal, uh, especially when you can, like, 
things that have dorsal fins, more like the stegosaurus type animals, mm-hmm. the dinosaurs. Um, those are specifically just to like cool off um, when it's too hot or maybe uh, bring some heat in when it's a little too cold. So like more like, like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like little thermostats on your back, if you will. Um, I wouldn't know how that would work with Godzilla. In my opinion, I feel like they were just kind of putting things together like, oh, here's a T-Rex. Will be cool for T Rex if it had dorsal fins. So I'm like, uh, all right, and now he swims. I'm like, all right, that that works too. Um, but it's so iconic now. Like when you look at it now, mm-hmm. um, because they actually a have a purpose. They do. Like like in the one of the movies, um, they they definitely say that Godzilla has I think two brains, and one of the other brains is located in the dorsal fin. And there's different animals in in, in where we live in now and today where they do have certain spots in their in their spinal cords or in their tail, which does use like a response as a brain or, or at least as a nerve that controls the other part of the body. So I can see that right there. I like those mm-hmm. little things right there. Or even in the recent movies where you're seeing them charge up, like for some reason that's like his battery or that's how he uses um, echolocation or whatnot. Like, I like that. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah. Cause in this one, um, and we, and, and, and uh, <clears throat> I don't know if we really got to that part yet, but in this one, his whole body glows. Yes. Um, and he doesn't even charge up. It just glows, and it suddenly it's like, wow, you know? Um, so so it's, it, it was very uh, interesting seeing that for the first time. So uh, l- let's um, get to, like, the, the meat of where everyone loves Godzilla, why people love Godzilla itself, the atomic breath. Um, now, we've seen different versions of the atomic breath before. Mm. This right here probably would be the most underwhelming if you are used to a Godzilla movie. Mm. And you see, like, beams or, like, fire or even, like, fucking uh, laser beams coming out of his mouth. This was more like... I thought... I I don't... To be honest, man, I thought it was fucking ice. Because <laughs> he's, cause he's attacking the, um, like, the, the electric towers. Yeah. And that's when he first uses it, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's attacking them, and, like, he's blowing the breath, and the effects that started... It looked like he was freezing him, and I was like, "This Superman motherfucker is like, he's got, he's got ice breath, like what?" And then they started wilting, and I was like, "Oh, that's his, um, that's his radioactive breath." I was like, "Okay," and see, yeah, because that's what it looks like. It looks like a bunch of dry ice, and I'm pretty sure that's what the uh, effect was. It might have yeah. been dry ice or something because that's what it looks like. I think, yeah, the, uh, they implied that this was, like, radiation being melted, but it really did look like dry ice. But still, kudos to the effect team at that time to make something look like radiation or something look like it's melting or mm. falling apart. Because, you know, uh, like I said, you're taking what happened in real life, really what happened there. So who better to look at the devastation of what radiation can do than the people who actually lived through it? So, you know, mm. kudos to them for trying to attempt that effect, right? Uh, Do you think, I was going to say, just just piggybacking off of that, do you think that was the intended purpose for that, um, for that uh, uh, attack? Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll even go further, too. I don't think, like, the movies, and even, like, like, right here we see that atomic breath uses a weapon or as it mm. can't be little like move that godzilla can do right mm. in this movie i kind of feel like the intent 
was that you could open your mouth and radiation could come out and spew out. And even by opening its mouth, like vomiting radiation, like it's going to attack everything around it. So it wasn't like an intentional like blast of energy coming out of it. I just feel like it's just waste. Like he leaves waste. Waste while fucking mm. moving around, waste by touching things, <clears throat> waste by even opening his mouth and it just coughing on you, like breathing on you, like a breath, like a strong breath. Yeah. Like melting your I face. I see. Yeah. Very good observation. So um, you don't think that they did this just to add in like another attack that he does, but more of like, here's the damage that radiation yeah. does. Exactly. Like, like, all right, the bomb happens. Like, the bomb is him, his him walking around destroying things. That's mm-hmm. the bomb. Mm-hmm. But the breath is the residue. It's the after effect. It's when the bomb is done, and the the napalm goes up into the air, and the radi- radiation just seeps through the whole entire state, country, mm-hmm. however you want to say it. I think mm-hmm. that's the residue of what Godzilla leaves. Yeah, especially especially when you get to the to the to that one point where um, he actually attacks. Like, I think that's the first time you see him use it on people. And mm-hmm. I even had to rewind that again because I was like, did they really? Because um, they disappear pretty much right after yeah. he used it, which is, you know, um, anybody who's read up on it, like, that's one of the, the horrors that people said that they saw or, you know, something that was told was that literally people disappeared into shadows, um, which is what happened when he attacked this one car. And it, were, uh, it was military. That, no, 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 no. It wasn't military that he attacked, right? Right here. It was just like regular civilians. Um, at this no, point. He, attacked, so he attacked some fight. At that point right here, he did tanks. He did fighter jets. He did yeah. people. Um, and you saw the effects of everything. You see tanks melting. You see jets mm-hmm. explode. But the people, that's like the most devastating part right there. I think that was, if anything, that was the the bravest thing that this director did right here yeah. was that yes, you can be fictional all you want. Like, oh, cool, a tank is melting. Oh, yeah. uh, the, the radio towers are melting. But when you see people actually deteriorating, that's that's a selling point right there. Like, this is a political standpoint. This is what yeah. happens when you mess with this. And that was like, and, and look at the angle that that was shot from. Like, that was shot so that and at that point, you're looking it dead on. Like it was, it was a very beautiful. Like, oh, I, I hate to use that, but from a filmmaker's perspective, that was a very powerful shot. I'll say it like that. That was a very powerful shot. So after this, we get to see um, the day after Godzilla goes back <laughs> into the ocean, and we see hospitals and shelter uh, shelters um, come together and look at the devastation of Tokyo. And bro, it's just a wasteland of like death and destruction and that right there that that scene of just looking at everything dismantled literally had to be like it had to be Ishiro Honda flipping the pages of what happened in mm-hmm. Hiroshima and just seeing people dead and like you know what how can I capture a moment right now I think that was it yeah you know what yeah yeah I'd have to give you that yeah I had to give you that too and I wonder like I really want to know like how they pulled that up because you know they obviously use models um for for the actual like devastation but you know when you put the people into it like I really want to know how they put that together and you know um how they decided you know um in what order to put that into um so it 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 had you know and I'm pretty sure he struggled it had to be a struggle, like, really, because 
as you're writing it, and as you're seeing this in your head, you're like, fuck, can I, should I really do that? Like, you know, like, cause I'm pretty sure it hit home, you know, very hard showing that. And it, but, but, you know, in your heart that you have, you, I have to show this. So definitely, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. And then um, going right after that scene right there, where we see the people and survivors suffering from radiation sickness due to Godzilla's radiation um, spewing at them. Um, a distraught Emiko tells <laughs> my man Ogata that Sirozawa has a weapon that might actually kill this monster. So now, after he strictly next- told her, <laughs> strictly told her, made her pinky promise, basically. <laughs> He's like, don't tell anybody the shit that I got right here. This is but, crazy. But but he had every right to do that though, because yeah. I I think after he saw that it affects that it has because you know you just you know he just witnessed or read or basically he just witnessed a very powerful weapon. Okay. Yes. Now I have created one too, intentionally unintentionally, right? Yes. Or intentionally, but now that I have it, and now that I know, like, what a weapon can do, like, fuck, like, do, should, I, should anyone have this? Like, no. And, and, and he's right. But at the same time, I understand the science of knowing that, yes, this could be done, because if anyone else did it, he knows exactly how it was done. So he knows how to stop it. He knows how to take care of it. You know what I mean? So, but, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Let me you off there, too, because... There's where the where the mad scientist dichotomy comes in because it's not just like yes I created something and will I won't that um, sell this to the government or if somebody finds out they'll they'll take it for themselves and use it that is there but it's also um, the the ego the ego well, yeah of the because you you're holding power in your hand you're holding actual power in your fucking hand like he said he could kill off half the world like that if you want to like. It, and putting yourself in that brain, like, of course you're going to feel like that. Like, you're going to, you know, yeah. It's not like showing Emiko any love or anything or affection. Like, hey, you'll stay with me because I did this shit. No, it's like, look at my long dick that I just fucking put on the table right now. <laughs> I fucking, I, I can destroy fucking matter. And you better not say anything right now because, like, amazing, I took that as a threat. <laughs> like, I, maybe that's why she screamed right there. That was going like, to say, yeah. Fuck. That's what that yell was. <laughs> like, I see myself in there. I'm gonna fucking deteriorate now. <laughs> um, yeah, so so it's hard to really put Sirozawa in a sympathetic row, honestly, because this right here is like that scene right here kind of conflicts me. It's like, yes, you're the mad scientist. Yes, you made a weapon. Yes, you don't want nobody to know it. But you're also your ego is showing right now. It's it, it, it it's so exuberant right now that you need to tell somebody that you created destruction in a fucking fish tank. <laughs> he needed some salt, Peter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he needed to bring that dick down a little bit. <laughs> um, but Emiko raises that dick up right here and says, oh, my, my man's over here. My, my man's got a weapon that's gonna kill this fucker. And my man uh, Ogata is like, ah, oh, shit. Well, I guess so, because none of my shit's working. The Navy's not working. The Army's not working. Might as well give this shit a chance. <laughs> Which I still don't even know what the hell that is, to be honest. Like, I honestly. The oxygen destroyer? <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> Destroys oxygen. There you go. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, I get the concept of it, but I'm like, really, like, wow, that's also got to be like the most bullshit ass. Like, hey, I don't like. <laughs> Of course, this is the 1950s. Yes. Okay, we have to deal with like um, <laughs> the creature of the Black Lagoon and 
fucking um the, all those sci-fi movies the blob and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> like, but but you know what though like if you didn't watch the rest of the movie like as soon as the oxygen just destroyer is um introduced into the movie then you're just like oh well there you go <laughs> Yeah. That's how they're so, gonna do it. <laughs> well, all right, take this as like 1954. We weren't as jaded as fans back then. <laughs> we were probably like, oh, all right, that's a fucking <laughs> but a movie telling right there. But here's of, here's the other here's the other piece of the conversation that comes into play. That one that extends throughout almost the entire Godzilla series. Mm. Do we kill it, or do we do we do we let it live? Do we kill it because of the destruction or do we keep it alive and study it? Because nothing like this exists. So what do we do? Like, obviously, yes, he's causing hell and destruction. But is there something that we can do where we do not kill it? Again, what, this is a conversation. This is an argument that literally extends throughout the entire Godzilla lore, does it not? Not even the, the Godzilla lore. You can look at it as even relatable until now, from then till now. You look at anything right now. If we were to discover anything that's dangerous to us, let's say we discovered uh, there, there's certain things out there in the ocean right now that we know are fucking dangerous, but we're not going to kill it because mm. we want to make sure that we can discover it and research it and see what the hell's going on. Same thing if we fucking discovered Megalon. <laughs> that shit's fucking huge. It could probably wipe out a whole fucking country. <laughs> Yet we'll probably be like, ah, PETA. <laughs> Uh, the, the WWF <laughs> for just pennies a day, you can keep the Megalon alive. <laughs> yeah, straight up. That's the dichotomy we're living right now. Um, oh, just just for you right here, uh, a little description of the oxygen destroyer. Um, disintegrates oxygen atom, and causes the organism to die of rotting asphyxiation. Fantastic. <laughs> That sounds like a fucking Cannibal Corpse lyric right there. It's another allegory for 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 the atom bomb, though, right there. Yeah, no. Like, literally, it is, it is radiation. He's, li- he's literally throwing this in, 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 the, in America's face. He, he probably knew that America was going to take that, too. So he said, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and they do. They do use it in the second, well, in the in the remastered American version. They do talk about it as well too. Like, should we mess with radiation? Should we mess with atomic warfare again? Like, well, Japan already made something, so we might as well use it. Like, <laughs> they really, like, like take, a... <laughs> they, they they avoid blame already. They take the blame out of their hands and they say like, oh. They already made something. They might as well do it. We can't do it. We won't do it again. But they can do it. <sighs> yeah, good old douchebags. Yeah, for real. It, it it really pisses you off. Like, no, like, it's not even just, like, a leftist or, you know, kind of political thing. Like, it's just, like, as a human being, it just pisses you off. Like, it really yeah. does. Um, <clears throat> so, so, we're getting to the, go, yeah, yeah, we're getting okay, to the, yeah. good, the good part of the movie. So Emiko and, and uh, Ogata go ahead to Sirazawa to try to convince him, and dude's like, fuck off. Uh, he initially refuses, explaining that if he superpowers of the world, we'll surely use this, then construct more oxygen destroyers, and become a super weapon. So good for you, God. Kudos to you for not fucking trying to destroy the world. Um, but after watching a program displaying the, na- the nation's current tragedy, Sirazawa <laughs> finally the accepts their pleas. Yes. The, the choir. <laughs> Swear to God, this is where they got the Martha theme. But it had to. I can't. 
But I yes, can't. we get the whole choir sitting like the We Are the World of 1950. <laughs> it, it was like before you knew Sarah McLaughlin was a thing. Like this was it. <laughs> this was Sarah McLaughlin in Japan. <laughs> So this fucking brings a tear to fucking Sirozawa's eyes right here. Emiko breaks down crying. Everybody's crying. I um, was crying. I was crying. <laughs> Godzilla was crying. He's like, ah, shit. <laughs> what am I doing? Why am I like this? <laughs> it's so indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> so... A Navy ship, ship takes uh, uh, Ogata and Sirozawa to plant the device in Tokyo Bay. Um, after fighting Godzilla in the water, which was <laughs> tell, great. Tell, tell me, hold on. Can we talk about why he was letting uh, letting uh, Leonardo DiCaprio draw him like one of his French girls? <laughs> why was he laying down like that? Like he had his arms around his his thighs and everything. I was like, oh, he chilling, chilling. Like, Listen, Godzilla sleeps the way he sleeps, unapologetic. <laughs> no one thought that they would go to the deeps of the bay to look at how Godzilla sleeps, okay? His long Godzilla dick could have been out there, <laughs> down there and he would have been sure. No one's gonna see this. And I got his sudden, tail. I don't think that's his tail. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go that's the real Kojira right there. <laughs> King of the monsters. <laughs> All right. Bar none. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Sirozawa unloads the device and cuts off air uh, cuts off his air support, which I Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, but can we talk about can we talk about uh uh what's his name uh Ogata? Can we yeah. talk about his puppet? Like, well, first of all, the puppets in the water. Like, <laughs> why were they walking like zombies? Did you notice their heads? <laughs> like, I, I I I had to look at it again. I was like, bro, like these are legit. Because I don't know how they did the water scenes because their scenes where they're inside their helmets and you can like see the water and like, they're obviously in water. So I was like, Oh, you know, again, that was another like kudos to them, you know, for, for the effects of that kind until I saw the damn puppets walking in the water with like the, like it was literally like watching team America. <laughs> the, you know, arms, the arms were just flapping. I think that was the, we were seeing like the first introduction of them in the water. Um, acting it out. I don't think they're actually in water straight up. I think that we're looking at one of those movie magic scenes where we have like maybe a, like a waterfall or something like that trickling water right in front of them or like looks looks like water right in front of them maybe like a mirror or something full of water and in back of that it's them like fucking talking with looking scuba <laughs> outfits on. <laughs> Which even back then. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, yeah, but no, I'm saying, like, with a big-ass helmet like that, like... Like, that's pretty safe compared to what they were doing in the, in the United States with Creature Black Lagoon, when the dude in the fucking costume was literally in the water, struggling to breathe, doing fucking, uh, with, with, with aqua, aqua dancing, aquatic, with this chick, this is over here dancing, like, ah, this is so good, and this guy has jaws right under her, like, ah. Hey! America likes to call out. But 
like, no, guys, like, you seriously have to watch these fucking puppets. And then, and then when Ogata is being raised up, like, <laughs> he literally becomes, like, just, just, like, fucking limp. <laughs> you just see. You know, when I, when I, I, I get the whole act of this Hirazawa has to sacrifice himself because this is his machine. And he wants to make sure it works and he wants to be able to be the one to kill Godzilla. Well, he could have totally I, gotten out. Yeah. One, he could have gotten out. Yes. Two, I would have wanted more fuck you attitude from Ogata instead of the sympathy. <laughs> like, your best friends. No, you guys are just banging the same chick. Like, no, I don't care about no sympathy. It's just like, I got your bitch, man. Thank you, bye. Like, I would have appreciated that. <laughs> Low shade, like, fuck you. No, we, instead. We're getting rid of two things. Instead, we got. <laughs> Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no I want to hear you say it, you say it. <laughs> we got Sarizawa! 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 <laughs> that was like my favorite part, bro. Like, <laughs> straight up. I literally. <laughs> what? No, straight up. It, it, is, it is a great part. And why it's a great part, yeah. too, is because there's no emotional connection with any of these characters. No, no, like literally, I, 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 that was like they had just met. Like, <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm, they apparently knew each other, but um, that was like the first real conversation that they had. Yeah, just like a day ago. <laughs> like, I know Japanese people are proud, you know. I mean, you know, they're respectful in their culture, but no, you're not gonna fucking meet somebody the first day, and even if you do, know that your not girl was banging this guy, and like, oh. <laughs> No, <laughs> not even Emiko gave that much emotion. All she did was just kind of like crumble to the floor. Like that's literally all she did. Listen, Emiko. Not even his partner. His partner just like sat and just like. Emiko uh... took took one for the team. She said, "We killed two two birds with one stone." Okay. <laughs> if, if anything, Emiko introduced this far fetched weapon so she could get rid of Tiwazawa as well too. So he wouldn't <laughs> fucking put her in the fucking uh, fish tank. Okay. <laughs> Oh, he was already up in that fish tank. Ah! <laughs> uh, so we get to see the oxygen destroyer at work. Um, Sirizawa plants it out. The, the, his oxygen tank is cut himself. How did you feel about... The, I thought it was a little comedical of the struggle at first. You see Godzilla reacting. He's like, ah, ah. <laughs> and then the flashes no. of like skin... Turns a bone. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> when I saw him struggling in the water before, like the scene where he actually like comes out of the water and goes back in, but just him, yes. just, like you know, swashing around in the water, I was like, oh shit, he drowns just like I do. Like that's <laughs> that's what I look like when I'm fucking struggling in the water. <laughs> he does that one last breath of air. Yeah. <laughs> goes right back in like ah <laughs> it was knows? sad though it was it, it sad. was sad because who knows this could have been like Godzilla's turning point he could have literally been there looking like fucking Hugh Hefner lying down <laughs> in the water and like Gonna you know say- what I know I don't want to I don't want to fuck it up he was reflecting that is the that is the that is that is how you lay down when you're reflecting I turned a new leaf you know what I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to China <laughs> I'm gonna see what the fuck China is about, okay? <laughs> yeah, I heard you got a wall. Maybe I can fuck that shit up. 
You know, he's gonna say he still wouldn't be able to fuck shit up as much as Japan did. But, oh, ah, we're not gonna go there. Uh- <laughs> Ooh, jazz right now, throwing jazz stuff. Right, I heard that America thing is nice. It's only a, it's only a swim away. Why not? Right? Just jump in that current and it'll take me right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the, um, yeah <clears throat> the godzilla drowned in his own filth and turned into fucking bones um Literally. he can he, he he looked like um if anyone's ever seen um national lampoon's christmas um basically when they cut the turkey open and it just like <laughs> flaps open with just nothing but bone like that is exactly what godzilla looked like at the end of the uh oxygen uh destroyer doing its work so um, basically, my man KY comes back after being irrelevant for the whole movie. He's Mr. Literally. Tom is throwing there over here. Makes another fucking assumption right now. Just just to put a caveat on the whole movie. He's like, you know what? It's only been me. I've been fucking... The plot has been moving because of my ass right now. So I'm going to throw one more for you guys. And he says, and I quote, um, If nuclear weapons testing continues, another Godzilla may appear in the future. Oh! <laughs> And it ends. The movie ends. I was gonna <laughs> say, and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Like there was, there was so many things about just that 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 statement alone, that scene alone. I was like, I was like, oh, they went for it. <laughs> they really went for it. <laughs> um, but again. I was I did not expect Godzilla to die in the first movie. Oh shit. I should we should have said spoilers um at the beginning, but we didn't. But yeah. Um Godzilla dying. I was like, oh, okay, so how did everything else happen? Like I wanna know, okay. How what 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 got us to the next point? Was it because America took the idea and so J- Japan just decided to continue it? I think so. I really think that once <clears throat> Blockbuster in Japan they saw money with this franchise. Well, not franchise. They saw money with this movie. When America bought the rights to it and they put their own spin on it, it was less of a political thriller and more of a science fiction horror movie. And even with that, I think with America, America was already doing like the monster mashups. So you look at mm-hmm. Lost World and Lost World was already dinosaurs finding each other. You look mm-hmm. at um, King Kong and King Kong had <clears throat> them being the shit out of fucking T-Rexes and stuff like that. So, like, the monster mashup was already ingrained in pop culture. And you go into, like, the Universal Monsters and them teaming up against each other and fighting each other and whatnot. So it only made sense for, like, the popularity of Godzilla going to America. And people are saying, we want to see another fucker fight that thing. And <laughs> that's why we got the second Godzilla raids again, which we see him fighting his longtime friend, Nemesis Angris. And we'll get into that, too, another time. But I think because of the American audience is why they push for this movie. For that movie, excuse hmm. me. So America takes credit once again for <laughs> um but but again, you could not have this concept without the ingenuity of the Japanese um imagination. Like you seriously couldn't. So much to the point where they cut it out of Godzilla King of the Monsters. <laughs> so- yeah. So much so to the fact that America said, yeah, no. So I'm going to give you the choice right now. For our next movie to watch next month, we have a choice. We can actually go in order and just go on to the next movie, which is Godzilla Raids again. Or we can sidetrack and maybe look at the spoof film that I call Godzilla King of the Monsters and see how different that movie is from America's point of view to this movie. 
Since this one's still fresh, I'd say let's do it. Let's jump into the American version. No problem. See. You know, but but because that opens up the next, um, you know, the next conversation. It's yeah. like how Japan sees this story and how America saw it. Yeah. The same story, you know, and that tells you a lot about, you know, political landscape altogether. So um, I'm ready for that conversation. I don't know what the world is, but I'm ready for that conversation. So, the, as it's like your first viewing of Godzilla, uh, the first Godzilla, exactly, too, what would you get, like, a rating? Like, let, let's say if you wanted to give this uh, from a star rating from one star to three stars. You can use half stars in it if you want to, but from one to three, what would you put this as? Oh, damn, we're giving that little. Um, I'm going to give it a two, only because, like, because there was so much great with this movie. Like, it really was. Like, it was so much great with this movie, but it was just, like, it because... Godzilla just looks so fucking quirky, like half the time. Like it's 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 hard to not look at it and laugh. And because knowing me and my humor, like if I were alive back in 1954, I probably would have laughed too at the sight of the peekaboo behind the hill. Like that was just fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> it just looked ridiculous. Like I think I've had nightmares of <laughs> of that, and I had never seen this before. You know what I mean? But. um <clears throat> Like, yeah, because is you know I'm gonna give it a two point five, two point five, and and that point five is only because of you know the lack of imagination and and I think they could have done a lot better with um you know uh, Godzilla because ja- Japan has always been remarkable at you know look at the many gods that they have look at you know the statues and the drawings you know um, I felt like they could have done a lot better with that um, but everything else in it was just like. Pure perfection for its time, way ahead of its time. Um, the script wasn't half bad, you know, to be honest. Like, you know, a lot of times we rip these movies for, like, you know. Um, oh, we will. Oh, we will. Yeah. <laughs> if we're, if the, we're going by script standards, this is like 100 right now. Yeah, no, seriously. Seriously, for its time, the script was not bad. It really wasn't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to agree with you right now. Like, uh, I will give it a 2.5 as well, too. Little minor things that probably won't make it a three for me. Um, I think it was very short. Um, and maybe not short and sweet. It was just short, but, like, I felt like there was room to, like, grow with the mythology in the movie. Um, some characters, like, you know, a little bit more backstory on Serozawa, a little backstory on... Um... Please, I shouldn't say, don't say Emiko. Like, fuck that bitch. No, not, not Emiko, but just uh, my man KY Jelly over here knowing to fucking everything. Um... <laughs> Uh, a little maybe backstory on the elder talking about Godzilla as well through in that mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. even want to leave room to grow and whatnot, but I think I I, I would want some of that to be panned out just a little bit more. And yeah. um, um, actually, actually, I think it would have worked if Godzilla never existed because yeah. that also because when you really, really, really and and I just got this like right now. Like if you really think about it, that kind of like almost defeats your own argument of what you're trying to say. Exactly. So it's like, oh, well, this motherfucker already existed. The only difference is that this motherfucker is radioactive. Exactly. And they do use that in certain certain versions of the movie. When we get into, like, this um, era right now is called the Showa era. Um, when we get into more of the Heisei series, which is like the 90s, like the late 80s, mm-hmm. 90s, they use that terminology. Like, this is like an animal. Like, it was a dinosaur at one point, right? There was an island full of dinosaurs that were not like touched by anything from humankind whatsoever. It was just a living monster island. And the atom bomb hits and the radiation from that bomb affected all those monsters on that island. Hence this is why we have all these fucking monsters now. 
which makes kind of sense in a way, in a way. If we're, if we're using our imagination. Yes. If, <laughs> if we're if using we're, our imagination. If we're going KY, KY is fucking logic, yes. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I will give that that 2.5 as well, too. I, I This ushers in the um, the new form of, um, I'm going to butcher this name right here, but tokusatsu, tokusatsu, which is basically mm-hmm. the art form of, of a man in a rubber suit or a female in a rubber suit and acting it out right there. And mm-hmm. A lot of times you got to see Godzilla being acted out and portrayed. I think this is the most subtle way we've seen somebody in a suit work as a monster um, mm-hmm. compared to the other Godzillas doing fucking comedy ideas <clears throat> or fucking like kangaroo kicks and shit like that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. wait till we get to those. Wait till I, get to I, those. I'm ready for that fucking conversation. <laughs> but <clears throat> guys, don't what I would say to this, and, 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 you know, look at look at how much fun we had with this conversation. You know, don't, don't take what you have for granted now. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to be admired with old film, old music, you know, like a lot of the shit that, you know, that was way oh. before our time. We were talking about the score. The score was beautiful. The oh, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic, bro. Was this the score that was used? Again, is this the original score that was used in, in, in the new Godzilla movie, or was it more of the, like, 80s, 90s? Um, the one that they used in Godzilla, King of the Monsters, was... It, it was altered, but this, this, this is the DNA of that song. So this is, is mm. the first... They used that song... They used it in the movie, but it is altered a tad bit. Um, it's actually used better in Shin Godzilla, so when we get to that movie, you'll, you'll hear those references as well, too. Mm-hmm. But in The Monsters, not only do you hear that one, you hear um, a remastered version of Mothra's original song, which is pretty yeah. dope. You hear Rodan's yeah. original theme as well, too. So little things like that I appreciate about Godzilla King of the Monsters so much because it's a callback in so many good ways. The mm-hmm. fact that critics tore this movie apart just shows that they didn't give a fuck about that art style. <clears throat> just mm-hmm. they- fucking um what's her name um uh i keep on talking about the the actress yeah um, yeah all of them all of them fucking you know all of them fucking 11 (laughs) fucking kyle chandler is all those fucking people they're not giving star-studded performances and it's not a good movie fucking the cgi in that movie made we'll get to that movie eventually i'm not gonna give yeah but but it it just goes to my point though it's like if you really want to call yourself a godzilla fan or you know even a film you know someone who really enjoys film or music like you have to appreciate these you have to watch it you have to pick it apart you know and and if you really got that eye for art and and the passion for these kinds of things you'll be able to see it you'll be able to see a lot of the good from it um, and we should never just be quick to write these off just because, you know, they were done with a guy in a fucking rubber suit, <laughs> you know? Um, <clears throat> that's always going to be my advice. Always going to be my advice. And, you know, we ain't got shit to do. It's on HBO Max. Exactly. So before it's taken off HBO Max, guys, go ahead and watch this movie because this is a phenomenal movie. It's not a, just a guy in a suit movie. New York Times praised this movie at the time as well too um you have uh, awesome reviews that this movie was changed the landscape of of movies not just monster movies but horror movies in general um this movie has won um, numerous awards and accolades as well too um it goes without the doubt to be one of the most influential monster movies or influential holocaust um post 
Holocaust Japan movies of all time as well, too, with the themes attached to it. So if you're looking at this just from an historical point of view, looking at the world at that time in 1954, that's amazing right there. You can look at this movie just for that and be amazed and say, okay, yeah, Godzilla's in it, too. Um, So if there's nothing else, yeah, you can definitely just watch this for a Godzilla movie. But from the historical point of view, there's so much meat to kind of, like, taste in this movie. Absolutely. No well, better way to say that. That kind of concludes it right here, man. Do you have any last-minute thoughts you want to talk about this movie before we uh, wrap it up? No, not about this. I'm, I'm ready for more. <laughs> <laughs> so um, sometime early August, which should, should be, like, in about two weeks from now, uh, we're going to be um, – Hitting this up with the next movie right here. We'll do Godzilla King of the Monsters, the Americanized version. Uh, Jake, it has been an absolute pleasure. Tell me, tell everybody right now, if they wanted to talk to you about Godzilla, if they wanted to talk to you about pronunciation of the characters, like <laughs> the way I botched it, or just Japanese culture, or hell, even your ramen videos, please let them know. Yeah, so um, if, if you know you want to reach out, you can always find me um, uh, on Pop Culture Fanatics. You know, I'm usually posting a lot pretty, pretty often there and uh, usually trolling uh, Frank shit um, with some like Baki memes and shit. <laughs> That's where you uh, normally find me. Or you can find me on Instagram at 6VMPR6HRT6. Um, <clears throat> I usually don't. Uh, ooh. Know what happened there? I normally do my own podcast, but I actually have that on hold right now because I'm working on uh, potentially doing video instead. Uh, so that's uh, definitely some work in progress there, and uh, hopefully, you know, hope to see you guys on there soon. Oh, rock and roll, man! Of course, if you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram at Val Cisco, on Twitter at Uncanny underscore V. Pop Culture Fanatics is on every podcast station, whether it comes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You name it, we're on it right there. It has a Facebook page by the name, Instagram page by the name, and a Twitter page by the name as well, too. So it's easily uh, accessible for those who want to find this podcast. Comment, rate, review, subscribe, talk shit. Talk shit about how we do or don't know about anything about Godzilla. Um, (laughs) I will say this, though. There's going to be those actually people. They are, but I, I will say, respectfully, Godzilla fans aren't as bad as some other fans out there. You know, I'm a pro wrestling fan, and people bash pro wrestling, Star Wars, all comic books. They take all that to heart. Godzilla fans, we, we want people to come into our world. We want people to understand exactly what the hell is happening in these movies so we can enjoy it together. So they're mm. more forgiving when people like us kind of dive into culture and mispronunciate or forget a part about a movie you know i think they're a little bit more forgiving unless you talk about king Kong, then it's fucking all fucking war <laughs> agreed they agree which which once we're done with godzilla will probably be next year uh if we're still doing this we'll maybe d- deep dive into king Kong because i would love to because i love king Kong. he's one of my favorite monsters of all time one of my favorite movies of all time as well too so i would love to do that but this concludes godzilla and friend uh, friends, Jake, I appreciate you for being with me for this first episode, and we look forward to more more to come. As always, brother. Always. As always. Take care and have a good one. You too.